0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, we are exploring parallels between the Miami Dolphins and the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs, and any lessons the Dolphins can learn as they look to get over the hump this offseason so they themselves can be playing in the big game. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, what is going on, dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. We flipped the calendar over to February. Wanna thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So, today on the show, it's an interesting pivot off of yesterday's content. And if you didn't listen to yesterday's content, I would highly recommend it. Because yesterday, we were dedicated to the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles and the current state of affairs with the Miami Dolphins, looking at parallels between the two teams, looking at strengths and weaknesses and, and trends and roster transactions. And there's a significant number of parallels between how Philly has conducted their business and how the Dolphins, as of late have conducted their business. But today's show is a little bit more about proving that there's no finite way to do this because there are not a lot of tangible (laughs) parallels between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins other than an offensive-minded coach. And we'll get into the rest of the content, and that's the point of today's show. But listen to yesterday's first because it, it was very systemic it had a lot, of, a lot of significant boxes that you could check and go down and, and do so for both teams. Whereas Kansas City is in a lot of ways the inverse. They have a quarterback who's not on a rookie contract, who they've given a record-setting 10-year deal to, and uh, that changes the way that the construct- roster construction is done. Case in point, the team traded Tyreek Hill and ironically enough, for the case of me as the host of the show, they traded him to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so that in itself shows a, a ideological discrepancy between the two teams. Um, I, I do think there's one thing that Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, does very well with the draft itself. And it is strategizing the use of draft selections to improve your draft status and simultaneously pull players. I think about Orlando Brown Jr., the offensive tackle. Now, the Chiefs kind of made a leap of faith with Orlando Brown Jr. when they traded him because it involved this extensive pick swap. But it did not involve the crazy contract for Orlando Brown Jr. that he was hoping to acquire. Um, And that's always risky business when you are trading draft picks for a player who you know wants a new contract, and you don't give it to him. And honestly, I don't think the Chiefs are going to give him that new contract. He's he's expressed an interest in a contract near $25 million a season. He's playing on the franchise tag this year. Um, so he's getting 16 and a half, and the the general expectation is that he's going to price himself out of playing in Kansas City, and Kansas City, because of the situation with with Patrick Mahomes' contract, and it's already a friendly contract, but at the end of the day, it's a second contract at the quarterback position for a top dollar NFL player at a premier position, it does limit, that goes back to what uh, Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, said when he was talking about the Bengals and saying, well, you know, they they got Chase high in the draft and they got Joe Burrow high in the draft, but those guys are both on rookie deals and it allows you to do some things from a uh, roster construction standpoint that, that we just don't have the luxury of doing. Well, Kansas City falls in the same bucket as Buffalo, where what they're paying their quarterback, even if it's reasonable, for the quarterback market in a vacuum, the fact that they have to make some of these hard decisions like the Chiefs are potentially going to with Orlando Brown Jr. is um, a big difference as well. Uh, so, But the entire point in this talking point was that Brett Veach has done a really nice job in strategizing draft selection uh, and, inquire, and, and acquiring players. So the Chiefs traded their first-round pick and their third round pick, and their fourth round pick, along with a future five. So they traded a one, a three, a four, and a five for Orlando Brown Jr., a second round pick, and a sixth round pick. So when you add it all up, they traded down 27 spots, and they traded down about 27 spots again in the fifth round, and sent a three and a four, and got Orlando Brown Jr., who's played, I believe, two years on that contract. That's, that's the kind of inspiration that we're going to need from Chris Greer and company, with Miami being a little bit limited resources. But the, the, the contrast really doesn't stop there. I mean, you, you look at the ideology and how they've slapped together their defense and what their skill group looks like. It's a very, very, very different vibe in Kansas City from that roster, the construction of it from top to bottom. And that is the point. There's no right and wrong way to construct a team so long as you win. So we're going to continue to explore the discrepancies between Kansas City and Miami. That is next for us here on the show, but not before I, once again, strongly urge you guys, strongly urge you guys, to get in on the Ultimate Football GM game. Uh, Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun I had competing against our fellow Locked On hosts in a league. Uh, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers was our Locked On NFL champion. Which is Bush League, but that's that's fine. It's neither here nor there. I was a podium finisher. Um, no big deal. But it is your turn to get in on the action. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect for your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating the franchise through free agency, and the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On listeners. You can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in the game store. That is locked on all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I mean, the list, it's going to keep going, guys. You've got, well, (laughs) you've got a veteran head coach, long-time, one of the most winningest coaches in NFL history, versus Mike McDaniel. Also an offensive play caller, but somebody who's brand new to the scene, super young. You got Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tungvaloa. Young quarterbacks, right? I wouldn't dare put Tua in the stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes right now is the cream of the crop, and and the fact that he had the success that he had this year and is probably going to be the league MVP without Tyreek Hill and then the statement performance game he had in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. A lot of respect for for uh, Patrick Mahomes. We we talked about <laughs> the the Tyreek Hill dynamic between these two teams being example of how they are in contrast of one another. You know, I also think of uh, the offensive line construction. You know, the Chiefs are road grader mauler types between Orlando Brown Jr. and Joe Thune. And Creed Humphrey, who's a big, he's a big center. I met him last summer at the Senior Bowl. They had a charity golf tournament, and Creed was there. And this, his stature as a center is just stunning. And then Trey Smith at right guard. And then they have Andrew Wiley at, at right tackle, and it doesn't really matter. You know, if you go right guard over, the Chiefs have the best offensive line in football. The Dolphins can't say that. Well, the Dolphins have some pieces, and we said that yesterday. When we were talking about the Eagles. I think the Dolphins probably have three pieces plus depth with the young guys that are on rookie deals. You got to find two starters. Well, can Chris Greer work some magic in a trade and a pick swap and not cost themselves more picks, but still manage to find a way to get a guy in-house? I don't know. I don't know, but that's going to be the challenge for Chris Greer. Um, As I think about defensively, the Chiefs really, their, their defensive depth chart is, they're really running on Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator here, and, and what he is able to do from a scheme perspective. Now, the Chiefs have a couple quality starters on the defensive side of the ball, but I would say the Dolphins' depth chart is probably more involved and more invested in case in point. It should be because the Dolphins had three years of Brian Flores being the point of emphasis, and they really kept hammering away on the defensive side of the ball. Just read through the Chiefs' starters. First-round pick George Karloftis, Derek Nottie, Chris Jones, who's a Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber player at defensive tackle. Then you have Frank Clark, who's kind of stagnated. Uh, Willie Gay, second round pick at linebacker. Nick Bolton, second round pick at linebacker. They used a third round pick this year on Leo Chennault at linebacker. Like, this team cares about linebacker play a lot more than the Dolphins have based on the investments the Dolphins have and have not made in the linebacker room in the last several years. And then their secondary, they got a free agent signing in Justin Reed. They have a second round pick in Juan Thornhill. They're their nickel corners of their, their first-round pick in Trent McDuffie, who's a baller, but their outside corners are a fourth-round pick, a seventh-round pick. They've got a rookie fourth-round pick this year. They had a rookie seventh-round pick this year. They're not invested in corner other than Trent McDuffie, who is an absolute baller and can play inside and can play outside. But they're making making do with a lot of length. And size, Joshua Williams, LeJarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, these are all big bodies. And three of the four outside corners in this roster are rookies this year. It, that's crazy. And then the linebacker investment, a two, a two, and a three, all in the last three seasons? The Dolphins would never. I wish they would. That'd be awesome. Get three downs stack linebackers to roll with on your base defense. The Dolphins need that because I don't think the Dolphins have that. And, you know, I I like guys like Jerome and Duke, and I think Elandon had a good year this year, but none of those guys to the degree that Nick Bolton can stay on the field all three downs or Willie Gay can stay on the field all three downs. I'm not saying they're perfect players, but they're more complete players than what the Dolphins have been other than potentially Jerome Baker. They're significantly more complete players that allow the Chiefs to keep them on the field at all times. So I think that's, that's really for me where I hope the inspiration comes for Miami to borrow from Kansas City. Right. Okay, yeah, go get a couple more dudes on the offensive line so you could say you've got a top offensive line like both Philadelphia and Kansas City. I don't think it's a coincidence that Kansas City has this level of success and Philadelphia is playing in the Super Bowl when these are two of the top offensive lines in football. But here's how the Chiefs got there. They they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. with a... The pick swap that we already discussed. They signed Joe Thune to a big money contract in free agency. They hit on Creed Humphrey in the sixth, in the second round of the draft. They hit on Trey Smith in the sixth round of the draft. And Trey Smith was a top 100 prospect but fell because he had medical issues. And then they've kind of fallen into Andrew Wiley over the last couple of years because they had a retirement at right tackle in, in Mitchell Schwartz. And then their backups... They've got a fifth round rookie in Darian Kennard. They've got a third round swing tackle from 2020 in Lucas Nang. They've got Nick Allegretti is a developmental type player, small school, smaller school uh, from Illinois player coming out. And then they have Prince Wanaho, who they got as a street free agent. They got Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh round. Here you want to talk about the the things that the Dolphins and the Chiefs have in common? it's all of the success that they have at running back has been the low investment players. Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round rookie from Rutgers this year, has been a lightning rod for the Chiefs' offense. You think about the Dolphins, they've historically invested low at running back. That's your hit. That's your big hit for parallels between these two teams. And look, that, there's, there's a strong case in point. Isaiah Pacheco looks great. Jerick McKinnon looks like he'd be a great addition to the Dolphins offense based on what we've, we've seen the demand for for Raheem Mostert and what they asked him to do. Whether or not they get there, I, I don't know. But um, I do think it is fascinating that of all of the elements of Kansas City, there are stark differences and discrepancies in the quality of the skill group, the investment in the offensive line, or the, the product of the offensive line, I should say, and look, they they hit on a, they took a medical risk on Trey Smith, and it's boomed for them. But they've had to keep hacking at this offensive line in the same way that the Dolphins have had to keep hacking, and I think the Dolphins are close. But then you got the quarterback that's not on a rookie deal. you got Travis Kelsey as an elite player. you get got the linebacker investment out the wazoo that Miami would never dream of based on their recent track record. And then they have the inverse of you in the, in the secondary. They have no big money players in the secondary other than Justin Reed. But they don't need team invest big on running backs. That's there you go. That's <laughs> if the objective is to find overlap and parallels, that's what we got to work with. This year, the only app you need for your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your first no sweat first bet on super bowl 57 that is fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nfl and while you are perusing the lines over at fanduel treat yourself to a built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar these things are absolutely outstanding they're high in protein High in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They got countless delicious flavors. And yet, it's still good for you and tastes delicious. It's outstanding. So if if you're a big fan of life hacks and um, finding the winning edge, built bar, is the life hack that you didn't know that you need, although I've been singing the gospel for quite some time here on Locked On. So head to your nearest Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab a four box, uh, or go to Sam's Club and grab the 13-bar box, and uh, make sure you thank us later. So the exploratory (laughs) uh, um, process with the Chiefs has not yielded definitive common themes between the Chiefs and the Eagles as sources of inspiration for the Dolphins. But again, at the end of the day, that's the point. There's countless ways that you can approach this as long as your process is good. And I do happen to think that Philadelphia and Kansas City have illustrated good process, sound logic. They've made self-aware decisions with their team-building process, and that's probably the theme. Now, I generally believe the Dolphins have had good process throughout the course of this three- to four-year stretch as well. Case in point, and I know I mentioned this yesterday, uh, the, or earlier this week, the Dolphins are 10th in the NFL wins over the last three seasons. When's the last time you had a three-year stretch where the Dolphins could say that? And I understand you're not playing the games to be 10th on this list. You want to be higher up. But you acknowledge there's been growing pains. You acknowledge there's been twists and turns along the road, and yet Miami still has had three consecutive winning seasons and has 28 wins in the last three years. The process is good and the results are there. It's just not the breakthrough process or the breakthrough result that everybody has been waiting 20 years for. And and honestly, if that shoe does drop, well, I, th- I think the collective relief from Dolphins, I would hope the collective relief from Dolphins fan, is not what happens next, but it's, oh, thank God. Like, we can stop talking about a playoff wind drought that's old enough to drink. Talking about that list, here's the list. Kansas City has 40 wins the last three years. They are 40-10 and 10 in the regular season. The Buffalo Bills are 37-12 and 12 over the last three regular seasons. The Green Bay Packers are 34 and 16. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 32 and 18. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 30, 19 and 1. Good old tie in there. The Tennessee Titans are 30 and 20. The Dallas Cowboys are 30 and 20. The San Francisco 49ers are 29 and 21. The Baltimore Ravens are 29 and 21. The Miami Dolphins 28 and 22 along with the Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints and Seattle Seahawks. So that's like the top 12 in the NFL, and the they're, they're last group of the 28-win teams is tied for 10th. But Here's the fun thing. Kansas City, yeah, they're dominant. Buffalo, yeah, they're, they're consistently churning out 12-plus wins a season. Green Bay just had a losing season. They were 8-9. They missed the playoffs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers just had a losing season. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure went no they their eight and eight season was in twenty nineteen so they have had three consecutive non losing seasons through the three consecutive winning seasons nine and eight nine seven and one and then twelve and four. So Pittsburgh's the number three team on the list. The Tennessee Titans just had a losing season. The Dallas Cowboys had a losing season in 2020. They were six and ten. So they have not had three consecutive winning seasons. The San Francisco 49ers at 29 and 21, one game better than the Dolphins. You look at their last three games, three-year sample size. Yeah, we know these well because we've been invested in the 49ers losing games because of the Trey Lance deal and all the business that was done there. But San Francisco had a losing record in 2020, three seasons ago. So they are not on the list. The Baltimore Ravens had a losing record last year because they lost their last six games when Lamar Jackson got hurt. They're not on the list. The Dolphins are one of four teams in the NFL to have three consecutive winning seasons in that list of the top 10 teams in the NFL, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Process, good. Results, good but not great. That's the challenge. That's the objective, to find the breakthrough moves this offseason to go from good to great and get that breakthrough result that we want. But the way that you get there, the, the only common theme that I could tell you aside of good offensive line play between Kansas City and Philadelphia from an ideology standpoint, a team-building standpoint, and what the Dolphins should be taking away, is self-awareness. So you think about the issues with this team, and you've got to be smart and you got to be willing to invest in addressing the holes on the team. So that's your two starting spots on your offensive line. That's your backup quarterback position. Unfortunately, we will continue to beat this drum. The Dolphins have to be more invested in the quarterback position. That's not your starter than any other team in the NFL. It's a world you have to live in. And defensively, you got to get the right coach. I think they've got the right candidate. We're still waiting on Bay breath to figure out what the heck's going on there. But that is what that is. Uh, and, and you got to get better on the second level of your defense. you got to get more athletic, dynamic linebacker play. You need to probably find two guys in the secondary. It's not a daunting list, but you got to go find the right guys to fill in the blanks and let the process continue to play itself out. Looking forward to the next two days here on the show because we're going to be talking about senior bowl prospects that have popped this week, offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. I am down in Mobile. Uh, For the Senior Bowl, and then next week we'll be out in Phoenix for the Arizona uh, Super Bowl week and build up to the big game between the Chiefs and Eagles. But don't worry, I got you covered. Your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On, Dolphins. Thanks for listening to the show. Have a great day. I'll talk with you again tomorrow. Fins up. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.